Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Welcome back to another Service Management Leadership Podcast. I have a great guest, somebody that's been on with us a few times before, David Ratcliffe, president of Pink Elephant. David, how are you? I'm great, Jeffrey. How are you? I am well. Is it, I, is, it uh, late, is it late to be saying Happy New Year? Have we all gone past that now? Or I, I haven't spoken to you so late. far this year, so I suppose it's okay to say that, right? I don't think it's ever too late. Given what last year, how crazy last year, I know a lot of people are just happy we're turning the calendar. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. 2023. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know. Makes me feel old when I start counting years. Oh, I'm old, yes. <laughs> and I, I really enjoy meeting you and your team last year at Pink 22 conference. And uh, I'm looking forward. We'll be there in a couple weeks. I, I say a couple weeks, it's a month, two months yep. away. When is, for those that are unfamiliar, when, where and when is the Pink 23 conference? Well, we always do it. Uh, it's, why am I hesitating? <laughs> there's, there's a few things I want to tell you. We do it in February every year. Uh, last year, we did it in June because of the pandemic, but we're back to our normal slot in February. We decided to do this. Uh, it's the 26th annual conference. And around about the 20, uh, about 23 years ago, I think the third one, I think it was, uh, after doing it in December, and then in June, we decided to do the third conference in February because we wanted to be like the first conference in our industry in the year. In fact, I think we had it the first week in February. And it's always depending on the availability of the venue and other things you can imagine. We always have it sometime in February. It's usually in either the third or the fourth week. So this year it's the fourth week, starts on the 26th of February and goes to the 1st of March. That's a Sunday to a Wednesday. And uh, really looking forward to it because it's been three years since we did a February conference in Vegas. You know, we had to cancel it in 2021. And then last year we did it a bit later in the year, which not everybody enjoyed. June right. in Vegas, I think they like their winter break in Vegas. So uh, we got better attendance than we had last time. It's gone up significantly again. So all things are looking good. And... From even though I live in the South, it was pretty warm in Vegas in June. It was oh, pretty yeah. warm. Well, remember we had a pool party. Oh yes, I had a sport yeah. coat on. Those that know me little, know that I would have a sport coat on. I it had was a, a little sticky. It was a little sticky. We had one one year in February, and it was a little chilly. So <laughs> it's like we're all Goldilocks when we go to Vegas, right? Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's either too sticky or it's too cold or whatever. But as long as you stay indoors, you'll be fine. I think we're going to be indoors the whole time this year. So we've got plenty to go, plenty to occupy ourselves indoors. I do want to, as we get started, having, I get the pleasure of dealing with a lot of your staff, you know, from the conference. And I, I want to give them publicly the kudos that they deserve. Yeah. Donna yeah. and crew do a great job making sure everything's orderly. Even the people who set up the room and monitor the rooms, keep track of everything. Everything was great from a, a speaker and guest perspective last year. Great. Well, thanks for mentioning those. I mean, Lisa Lyons and Donna Gale yes. uh, work on planning and uh, all year. 
In fact, this morning I was talking about uh, 2024 conference. I mean, because we plan these things about two years in advance or more. We signed up with the venue for next year. Uh, I can say next year now, and it means 2024. Uh, oh, not quite a year ago, but about seven or eight months ago. Uh, so when we're talking conferences, we always have to qualify. You're talking about Pink 23 or Pink 24? What are you talking about? Okay, Pink 23, right? Okay. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're working continually on this. And then when you show up at the event and you get to see all of those uh, pinkers, as we call ourselves, wearing the bright shirts and blouses, they're, they're kind of working for us in the office normally. And they have other responsibilities normally, like in marketing or sales or customer service. Sometimes we even have our finance team go or our, or our IT team will be there. So, yeah, there's a lot of people put a lot of effort in. But Lisa and Donna are, are the two kind of omnipresent throughout the year. They represent the event. They negotiate on behalf of the company with venues and suppliers, etc. So, yeah, it's nice that you give them a shout out because they deserve it. Yeah. It, and so to me, it was a first, right? So I see everything with new eyes and it was great. And I'm looking forward to it. Already had sent in my deck ready to present for a couple sessions and uh, happy to well, get to that. Coming back. That's a good sign. Coming back. That's good. Uh, I had a pretty big room. And, you know, when you talk CMDB, a lot of people have pain points in CMDB. A lot of people want to have those discussions because you probably see this too, but somebody's working in their company and they're the only one that's really good at what they do. So going to these conferences yeah. are great for them to expand their their groups of yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. And, uh, you know, if you're going to invest the, not just the cost, uh, which is significant, I, I appreciate that, but mainly the time. If mm -hmm. you're going to give up the time, and these days you're going to put up with the hassle of travel. Yes. <laughs> Don't get me going on that. But if you're going to put up with, you know, the cost and the travel and the time away, you better come come back to work with something of value that's going to help things, make things better. And so, yeah, we try not to get too much in the clouds and have dreamy sessions. We try to have practical sessions. And this year, Jeffrey, uh, I was looking at the program earlier today just as a, to give myself a bit of a recap. I don't get involved in planning the program. There's other people do that, Fatima. My partner does that, and uh, uh, Donna and Lisa. And uh, I was looking at the program and reminding myself of, you know, what's what have we got this year? And there's a few things that's quite different from what we've had before. Uh, we always value the what we call practitioners, the people who do case studies, who talk about, you know, how does CMDB work in my organization, or how does the service desk work, or how does change management work? And we got a, a, at least a dozen of those people who are doing some really meaty stuff. There's sessions on artificial intelligence and machine learning at the service desk and in ITSM. And then there's the, the stuff, obviously there's a ton of stuff on ITIL. And uh, you know we have the owners of ITIL, PeopleCert, who have kindly got some of their staff to come along and talk about some of the peripheral stuff around ITIL, like the practice guides, uh, not in the main books, but they are available to you and other topics of, you know, about ITIL. But then you've got the Agile and the, um, the Lean uh, sessions. So we've got customers who have really made progress with Agile Scrum, with Lean principles, with DevOps. 
and it's turning out artificial intelligence. And, you know, I was fooling around with some artificial AI kind of bots online. Uh, you might have seen them already, you know, tried them out. It's, it's early days, but things are going to move very, very fast, very, very fast. We're going to be using that stuff, not just in service management, but at home. And, and it's going to change a lot of lives. So, um, yeah, we, we're excited. We've got new stuff, you know, to talk about. And uh, one other thing I'll tell you, Jeffrey, I don't know how much you'd appreciate this, but we often get the thing that people often will say that they remember or they like about the pink conference is the keynote speakers. We seem to be a little bit different than other industry events. In fact, some of the folks we've had over the years as our keynote speakers end up popping up in other events afterwards. So they kind of make a name for themselves and uh, at the pink event and then it show up elsewhere. Uh, this year, what we, we've had, to be honest with you, we've, we've had people comment uh, especially in recent years, about how, you know, enough of the middle-aged white guys, <laughs> frankly, right? And I can say this, I can say this, right? Me too. So, uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of good middle-aged white guys who know their stuff, who are experienced. Right. But, you know, we want to see a mix of people. And so this year, I think it's the first time all of our three primary keynotes are, are women who've achieved great things. Awesome. And they're going to share their ideas with us. Uh, some of the other more prominent speakers. There's kind of three tiers of speakers. And it's not to say that the ones at the top are uh, particularly special, just different. They're the, they're the keynote speakers that we, that we engage who maybe don't even work in IT, but they've got some good inspirational, entertaining, educational messages for us. Uh, so they're, they're all female this year. And then we've got this other tier of people who are, kind of similar to those keynotes, but we have them embedded into the breakout sessions. Uh, they probably could be good keynotes. They've done keynote work before. Chester Elton, we've had uh, delivering keynote sessions in, in recent years, and he's actually doing a couple of sessions, what we call power hour sessions, which are big, uh, big attendance sessions in the late afternoon. Um, and then you've got everyone else, industry consultants and practitioners, et cetera. And we just seem to have a much richer mix of a diverse group of people this year. Uh, you know, we try hard, but it, it's whatever is available and whatever makes sense, you know. So we're really, we're really pleased with the way things look now, the mix, the kind of the, the diversity that we've got there. So that's something I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, seeing what the reaction is and the feedback we get from our customers when they see these, uh, some new, new speakers, new people. I think new speakers, new people, new ideas or old ideas and new perspectives are always great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so my other, so this year I'm speaking on CMDB and also I'm speaking on something that's, we rarely talk about in service management is the convergence of like resilience, like continuity with service management and how all those come together. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it, but the breadth of speakers is always one of the most pleasant things. You know, we, we hear the same voices and sometimes our industry becomes too much of an echo chamber. So it's great to hear new voices. Yeah. Well, we got a mix, you know, there's still people who are very familiar 
obviously the pink consultants and experts <clears throat> that, that that are well liked and well loved. Yeah. Uh, they have their groupies and their fans who like to come and see what's the latest thing that George and Jennifer and Robin and Troy are going to talk about. Uh, you know, the other guys as well. Not Let's not leave anyone off, Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> Graham and Matt, Matthew. But uh, there's also, you know, some of our frequent practitioner customers who we, we are so grateful that they give up their time and they come along. And they've always got something new to say. So people like Joe Hayes, who's at Fortune 100 these days, um, Kathy Kirch, who's at Argonne Labs, and Elaine Luritsen at uh, Brigham Young University. I mean, they've been frequent speakers for ours, but they always deliver fabulous sessions and always get rave reviews. And, you know, the thing is, is if you've been before to our conference and you think, oh, I've seen that person speak before and maybe even on that topic, there's about a dozen tracks going on concurrently. So please, you know, there's always something else. So, but there's new people every year. And so why don't we want to give them the chance to hear from these uh, luminaries who've got a lot of experience? You know, and there's new people this year I haven't met before, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do for us because their subjects are intriguing. So, uh, yeah. It's great. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just seeing people, you know, we, we get in our own little worlds and it's great to see people that we haven't seen in a while and yep. uh, connect with old friends and new friends and all those. So if we change off of the com or anything else you want to say about the conference? Well, one thing that's become, uh, I shouldn't really say surprise because if we planned it when we should have expected the kind of reaction we got, but it's pleasant to know that you've been validated in, in your decision-making. Uh, but we've, we've got a, uh, a type of pass called executive VIP pass. And we have some special, more intimate sessions where people who, who come with the executive VIP pass can get you know, up close and personal with some industry experts. So they're not in a room with 400 other people. They're actually maybe doing see, even some one-on-one -on -one sessions. Uh, so they get time to talk one-on-one -on -one with an expert who's familiar with the issues that's of concern to them. Uh, so that's turned out to be extremely popular. In fact, you know, with something like that, you can't really have everybody be an executive VIP because it defeats the purpose. But it's borderline. It's getting to the point where we're going, okay, this has been good, but what are we going to do to make sure next year, if we get even more, that uh, we can cope with that kind of demand? So there's a bit of demand management we have to do for that. But that's just something that we were, we're really pleased about and uh, shows that people really are prepared to push the boat out a little bit and take that make that extra effort because it means coming in a day earlier as well, actually. It starts on Sunday morning or Sunday evening. So people are prepared to do that. So that's great. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, this is a might be a peculiar thing. I was thinking of this this morning. I was... Last week, I was, just before the holiday, uh, last time I had, just before the holidays, the end of last year, I was talking to some of our consultants about, uh, I overheard a conversation between some of them and I kind of interrupted and I wanted to get clarification that I was hearing things the way I thought I was hearing them. And it's turning out that after all of these years, all of these years, Jeffrey, We've, we've had the, this community of software tool vendors 
supporting IT service management and ITIL. And they've done a lot to make their tools compatible with the requirements of good best practice in ITSM. Uh, but all along from the very beginning, we've said that, you know, don't be too dependent on the tool to give you the kind of uh, effectiveness and productivity that you should be building in through process management and uh, in education of your team. So, you know, in fact, there's a guy I haven't seen for a long time, but he used to work at HP. Uh, uh, guy, his name was Lindsay. He, he taught about how a fool with a tool is still a fool, right? And so a tool isn't gonna solve all your problems, but guess what? We're actually discovering these days that tool vendors are doing a lot more to enable process mm. than we gave them credit for in the earlier days. And so, you know, what we used to say was you've got to you've got to understand what process is and how it works. Read the idle books, for example. Then you've got to train your team and then you've got to socialize how do we adapt it for our environment. And you know what? On the periphery of this, you need a tool to help you. Now, the tool can be front and center because of the way that the technology is developed these days uh, with a lot of automation. Um, as long as you set things up well and you train your people how to use the tools properly, it can lead you more. We used to think of the tool as being following along behind all the good manual planning and tactical planning you were doing in the earlier days now it's a case of the tool can actually lead the way and so i'd urge people who are going to go to the conference this year to you know really give some respect to the guys in the exhibit hall who are going to be demoing these tools uh, because they've got some really good stories and uh, scenarios to show you so uh yeah. that's just from a bit bit from on the inside here what we think is valuable that maybe people don't think of when they're thinking of a conference, they're thinking of going to listen to people talk in presentations. There's another aspect to the conference there and please don't overlook that. I enjoy, and I will tell you my perspective and I, I'm in lockstep with you that we used to, to go define process and then uh, customize the tool to make yeah. it fit what we did. But yeah. now if you take an ITIL V3 book you would notice that most of the tools have those processes built in to their yeah. tool. So yeah. tool and process from a V3 point of view have almost become synonymous. Yeah, yeah. And people don't want to acknowledge that, but the tools have done a great job getting that far. And hey, I'm not the expert on this. I'm just recounting what I'm hearing our guys talk about. So if this is something of interest to you, if you're going to be there, you know, I'd urge you to go and hunt out someone like George Spaulding. Mm -hmm. Troy de or Charlie Miles. I mean, these guys are working with the tool vendors, not every day, but consistently throughout the year, multiple tool vendors. So they get to see the trends. That's yes. the benefit of being a consultant. You're not working in the same place every day of the week, you know, every week of the year. And they're getting to see quite a rich mix of what's possible and what's being done here and there. What else do you want to know, Jeffrey? What All else right. can I, I have a very loaded question for you before we move off the conference. Okay. Very loaded. What are what's a strange story or what have you seen behind the scenes that other people would be surprised about that you can you can choose whichever. But, you know, like what is something that people would be surprised to know 
you know, about that's happened over the years. Because, you know, when you have 25 years of experience, a lot, those of us that know, you know, 25 years of stuff happening, I'm sure there's something. There is. There's tons of things spinning through my head, but I'm trying to get through each scenario and think to myself, can I actually finish that story without uh, breaching some confidence or <laughs> saying something I shouldn't say, something politically incorrect? Uh, there was one year I rode out on an elephant, and I often think about how, you know, at that moment in time, it was very acceptable to do to do that. People enjoyed it. There's no way we could do that now. Right. It's just not not a good thing. And you learn from your experience and time goes by. And, you know, that that was that was fun. And I know the elephant was it was a reliable elephant, but we had to have contingency plans for what happens if the elephant goes rogue in a conference room of 2000 people. But I won't I'll stop there. I won't go any further. Uh, but the, behind the scenes, the, actually, you know what? There's an, there's an interesting thing from years and years ago. It was 2002, the 2002 conference, which was just a few months after the horrible events of 9-11. And we had our sales for the conference at the end of 2001 kind of stalled and only gradually picked up again in January and February. So we planned on like about 800 people to be there and there was like 500 or something. I can't remember the exact number. And so we'd committed to a budget for food and bedrooms. And uh, the amount is actually a gross amount. So there's no way we're just going to buy the regular food for 500 people and leave, you know, dollars on the table and not get used up. So we ended up upgrading all the food to steak, lobster, wine. <laughs> so you, you'd go for lunch and there'd be wine, there'd be steak and lobster. Uh, that's That was, uh, yeah, that's a year I don't want to repeat. I mean, it's a nice thing to have, but, you know, we that was, uh, that took a lot of managing to make sure we didn't, you know, we didn't end up, you know, going on, on going under as a result of that, but we survived. We survived, and the next year was fine. I can so, only imagine, David. Somebody went there for the first year that year, and then they come back the next year and said, "Where's the lobster?" You know. Yeah, yeah I know that was that's the that's the disadvantage. But sometimes we talk about it, you know, and through the middle of the year when we're planning the next conference, and we think, "Oh, have we over? Have we overstretched the mark? You know, have we?" Because you know the the venue they've got to make a living and they're not going to give up this massive convention center without a commitment that you're going to have uh, so many thousands of people show up. So, you know, it's on, it's not unreasonable for them to say, you know, you're going to, you're going to buy this amount of food and drink and everything. Right. And so, so we have to, so it's always like a catch up every year. It's always a little bit more and we always have to try and keep, keep up with it. We've managed okay the last few years, but you know, who knows? So, um, the other thing is we've just had some really memorable keynote speakers. I mean, it's not so much, I mean, and that's quite visible to you if you're sitting in the audience. So there's not a lot behind the scenes other than I seem to remember um, we had uh, Martin Short, the movie actor. Uh, he came and did his stand-up routine as an opening keynote and he was a lot of fun. But then he started, he played a video and went off stage when he came back 
he was dressed as Jiminy Glick. Do you know the Jiminy Glick character? Yes. So that was a bit of a surprise. And then suddenly, you know, I have to uh, sit on Jiminy Glick's lap and, you know, he fed donuts or something. It was so that I think you might even find that on YouTube somewhere. But uh, yeah, there's always something unusual happens. There's always a little bit of fun. But, you know, uh, yeah, we had we had one year we had our George Spaulding dress up as Elvis. And it was a year when we were going to be going from the Bellagio this year to the Venetian next year because the Bellagio next year didn't have dates available. And so we actually made a video that we played at the end of the current year's conference where George was dressed as Vegas, is dressed as Elvis, and he leaves. You know, Elvis has left the building. He left the Bellagio and he gets into this open-top uh, kind of big car, like, a, I don't know, a big convertible town car or something. I don't know what it was. And we drove up the strip to the Venetian, kind of symbolically, this is where we're going for next year. And as we were driving up the strip and we had a video camera guy in the front seat, you know, pointing back at George as he's waving at people on the strip. <laughs> it was, it caused quite a stir. That was, that was a lot of fun. So there's always something interesting going on. It, you know, it's, and who knows what's going to happen this year? Who knows what's going to happen with our theme of 007, James Bond? Ooh, ooh. 007. So we, we we like to have fun with our uh, themes. And this year it's 007, License to Fulfill. <laughs> That's awesome. If you look on the website, there's the gun barrel image of James Bond, but he's not holding a Beretta or whatever that gun handgun is. He's holding a book, right? <laughs> so License to Fulfill, how do you get the job done? James Bond style. That's awesome. Oh. I'm looking forward to it. You're getting me anxious looking forward to this. Yeah. So before we before we wrap up, I was we've been through a lot these last three years. And uh I was just gonna ask you how things have changed, you know, on the training side and consulting, yeah. you know, as everybody moves to, you know, even yeah. our customers are went from a centralized in one building to now people are dispersed and you know, everything's online now and yeah. How has that changed things? Yeah, it has significantly changed. I mean, when the pandemic hit, which, by the way, harking back to the conference, Pink 20 was the last major convention in Vegas before the shutdown. Wow. It was like a couple of days after the conference ended. Suddenly, all the directives from governments around the world went out, you know, stay at home, don't go anywhere. And uh, within days, you know, Vegas was closed for about a year. And... Uh, so right after that, we, we, we headed home from Vegas and we're thinking, what's going to happen? Is this the end of our business? Because most of what we do is on site mm -hmm. uh, with customers, you know, whether it's consulting or training. But you know what? Credit to everybody. Not just, I'm not talking about our guys particularly. I'm just talking about all of us. Credit to all of us. We just refocused. We got ourselves a video, you know, a camera. Figured out how to use our, you know, inbuilt camera or bought something, you know, experimented with lighting and, and backgrounds and stuff. And next thing you know, we're just working online. And uh, 
that ha that went on for over a year uh, for us. And fortunately, we already had adapted all of the training courses we do to be done online because of actually, to be honest with you, go back to 2008, the recession, mm -hmm. 2008. We had customers say, you know, why do we have to fly around to train? Why can't you just get up on the on the video conferencing and teach us in a classroom? We'll get together in our classroom. You stay wherever the heck you live and just come online. And uh, so we already were used to doing this. So for us, it was not a big deal. In fact, you know, we preferred the fact that we didn't have to travel around and all that hassle of travel. Uh, but now it's rebounding, but nowhere near what it was. The majority of work is still online. Uh, we do, I would say, at most 10% of our work on site, maybe even less. That's, uh, and I don't know if it's ever going to get back to what it was before, where in the year or two before the pandemic, it was about 50-50. We, we did a lot of online work, but, but at least half of it was on site. It's not like that anymore. And it doesn't need to be. I mean, look at this. We didn't have to invite everybody to get into a theater to watch me and you have a conversation, right? And fortunately for everyone, I'm not showing you slides with lots of arrows and boxes, but you know that's that works as well in this format. So I don't think we're ever going to go back there, and it's probably a good thing. Never mind the environment, which is a big enough benefit on its own. It's quality of life also for everyone. So it's, uh, it's just a better all-round experience. But then there's customers who say, look, we, we're really having a get-together. We're having a team bonding experience. We want you to come on site. It's like, okay, we'll do that too. If you want us to, we will. Oh, yeah. Whatever, whatever it takes, right? I mean, and the other part to that is, you know, organizations have people spread out more than they ever have. Because if you tell me I can work from home, that means I can work from Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, it tells me I can work from an RV if I want. Yeah, we just had a customer just before the, the at the end of last year uh, ask us to, del to deliver an ITIL foundation class for about 25 people. And they were spread so far around the world. We had a really, we spent more time figuring out what time of the day we're going to start and stop to minimize disruption for the majority of people. Uh, but, you know, the guy in New Zealand just had to get up early in the morning. <laughs> There's nothing you could do about it. And uh, there was people in India, there was people in Asia, people in Europe, South America, North America. And uh, that's possible. Any one of those groups, the two people here, the three people there, the four people there, it couldn't be justified just for them. So doing it online makes it viable. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of benefits. There's very little in the way of downside of working online. Yes, it's been, a, you know, you couldn't, the funny part is five years ago, you couldn't describe what it would look like today. We wouldn't, the five years ago of us wouldn't believe it. You know, yeah. just how much things have changed. And just like, we won't believe how much things will change in the next five. You know, um, I think the other thing is that, which I'd like to just give a little plug for is if you are going to be doing stuff like this, you know, make the effort to uh, 
you know, get some decent equipment and set up and do some testing, etc. I mean, my background's not very exciting here in my office, but because um, I mean, we're in the process of refurbishing place here. So if we did that, if we did something next year, be nice. Buy, there'd be a nice bookcase behind me, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, the number of times that you uh, get a get on a call or you go on a meeting and you're looking up somebody's nose, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, you're staring at the ceiling light, you know, there's a bright light there. And it's like, really, you know, just take an extra few seconds to look at how you look and make an effort to, you know, adjust the lighting, etc. Just my little plug for that there. (laughs) I I like the physical backgrounds more than the virtual and the sun shining in this time of day. So it kind of looks a little odd for those of you watching uh, the the, uh, visual of this, but you know it's winter time and i'm thankful to have sunshine <laughs> and where so are you, where gonna... are you right where are you right now i'm in oklahoma and so uh which is in the south middle part of the u.s yeah, of course are and you in Tulsa? i'm in oklahoma city area all oh, right so a little bit from the west yeah yeah um yeah. uh, yeah i'm in toronto and that's why it's dark and gloomy <laughs> this time <laughs> of the year Funny part is i used to work with people that lived in the northeastern part of the u.s that didn't know where oklahoma was and I just used to say, you know where Texas is? It sets right on top of Texas. Yeah. yeah. And well, I've, driven, I've driven through a few times, uh, you know, going out west. I've, I like driving. I'd much rather drive than fly. But uh, I've overnighted before in Tulsa a couple of times. So, yeah. But not I've been to Oklahoma City, to be honest with you. Just driven, driven around it on the highways. We'll put you up in the spare room. You're always All welcome. All right. Good. You're always welcome. Well, David, thank you for joining us and talking about Pink 23 that's coming up here, like I said, in just a few weeks, because if we're talking end of February, it's coming quick. You're going to get me anxious. I'm going to pull the bag out and start packing weeks early just because I'm excited. Um, But There's a little incentive for anyone who's listening to us and still hasn't switched off yet. (laughs) Um, The... uh, come up to see me. If you see me in the corridor, say hello and said you watched this webinar and then we'll we'll adjourn to somewhere for a, a refreshment. Oh, wow. Uh, and so if, right. I, and if you find me and you're looking for David, I'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah because, it, you know, as I said earlier about the time that you give up, not just the cost and the time, it's mainly the time. It's very humbling for us to to believe that there's hundreds and thousands of people at times give up their time to come on and follow along with something we think is a good idea, and they put their trust in us. Yes. And uh, you know we don't take that lightly. We really appreciate it. And if you see me dashing around, it's just because I got a lot on my mind, you know. But stop me, and suddenly I'll smile and we'll have a little chat. But uh, I, I don't did. be intimidated just because you see me r- rushing up a corridor somewhere in the middle of a conference. That's a great way for us to end. David, thank you for joining us. I look forward to seeing you in person here in a few weeks. And uh, tell all of your staff, thank you for uh, just making it a great conference. You're very welcome, Jeffrey. I look forward to seeing you again in a few weeks. Have a great day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.